Hi, and welcome to A Dialogue With. I'm Howard Wilmot, Content Strategist at Dialogue, and myself and Ryan Battles, our Content and Brand Director, are interviewing various talent in and around the world of content marketing. This week, I'll be talking to Catherine Maskell, Managing Director of the Content Marketing Association, about what makes good content. Good branded content is about good human understanding and what is driving somebody to make or, you know, make a purchase, investigate, you know, take a trip, buy a car, do any do any of those things. And I think now as consumers, we're just far more inquisitive and we like our hands held and we don't want to be just preached to. It's like, well, I want to go on that holiday. Tell me why. Tell me where am I going to go? What should I wear? You know, you know, how should I get there? What are the things that I should see? All of those pieces really come to the fore. We'll be talking about the role of the Content Marketing Association, recent developments like GDPR, and the advent of AI, amongst other things. Hi, welcome to the Archant Dialogue podcast. Today, I am here with Catherine Muskell from the CMA. So I'm delighted to be able to take part in your Dialogue With podcast. Sounds very exciting. (laughs) And so tell me first of all, for anybody that doesn't know what the CMA does and what your role is in the CMA. So I'm the MD of the CMA and we exist to help and support people, agencies like yourselves and brands and really help guide, navigate, train, inspire agencies who are entering into the world of branded content. And so the way that we do that is by supporting people like yourselves um, with providing industry knowledge, guidance on best practice, and also introducing and collaborating. So that's a real key strength of ours, actually, is that real collaboration that we provide between agencies and brands. And what would you say is the best thing about your role? Best thing about my role is that it absolutely satisfies my nosiness because I get to learn so much about so many people and about so many different things that is happening in the marketing sphere that um, it really does keep me and my curiosity engaged all the time. So I love it. And how has the role of the CMA changed and your role changed over the last 10 years? Well, we've been going now as the CMA for nine years. Next year, we will be celebrating our decade of content, which is very exciting. And we've really seen a transition from the way that people use and introduce content over those 10 years. Um, I've been in the position for just the last 12 months now. And even in that relatively short time, we've seen a huge transition between people doing long form and short form and really just thinking about content in terms of the written word to really what we're doing today now, which is podcasting, the rise of audio, you know, the real marriott between the, what people are using on their smartphones, the visual, the visual aid versus the real audio age as well. So I think that's, a, that's going to be a real key difference moving into next year. And have people lost their mind over GDPR? <laughs> um, well, I tried not to lose mine, but, um, you know, <laughs> one never knows. I think, I think there was, that's quite a sort of an insightful document, I think, in terms of something new that's coming, on, coming in 
And whilst we all embraced it, I think we were all slightly terrified of it. And as you say, had the moment of potentially losing our minds over it. But I think we've we've come out the other side now. And actually, what we're finding as an association is it's making us work harder. And it's realising, actually, what am I looking for? It's not just about these huge volume metrics, which is, seems to be sort of now quite in the past. It's actually about engagement. And that's really what matters. And that's what good content drives. And would you say that's been the biggest challenge of recent times for people? Or do you think there's stuff that is constantly challenging for them? Um, I think, do you know what? I think there's a lot of challenge that is going on within the marketing sphere, you know, and advertising as a whole. Um, I think there's a real, there's a challenge because we are constantly on. So as, as consumers, we're constantly on, we're constantly looking and investigating and wanting to learn more about a product or a service or anything else that we're purchasing before we actually entertain that. So there seems to me that there's far more steps in the sales process. And that's where content really fulfills that role because it really is that guiding hand to guide people through their journey, hopefully to get to the other end and you know make a decisive purchase. So I think that is a challenge. So whilst GDPR has obviously put another challenge within there, things around privacy, obviously, it's, you know, it's a huge, huge debate at the moment. And also the amount of channels that you now have to engage people with. And you, there's a whole test and learn process where whatever it is that you're selling, um, you have to find your channel and which works best for you, because not everything works the same you know, for everybody else. Twitter, for us as an organisation, is absolutely fantastic. Whereas other roles that I've been in, it's been very, you know, it's it's not been our prominent role. It would be something like LinkedIn. But the engagement that we receive on Twitter is, you know, is is amazing. And a real growing channel for us is Instagram. I don't I don't know about you guys, but that, you know, we're really seeing that's where people are finding us which is a new way. That's quite interesting for a B2B business, isn't it? Exactly. I think the B2B space actually is it has real potential to start really getting very exciting because it isn't about the huge volumes of, of consumers if um, that you're looking for. So you've got to be really niche in the people that you're targeting. When that kind of challenge goes to marketeers, I would think that we rise to it because then you really go into the depths of you know, where are these people going? You're understanding your audience. What do they like? You know, in, you guys are doing it with the work that you're doing within the automotive sector, which I think is an incredibly interesting sector. And you really dig deep into what matters most to people. Has your relationship with other kind of marketing sectors changed over the years in the fact that is advertising dead, for example? Um, I, w- I mean, I wouldn't like to say that advertising is dead because I think, you know, we've all certainly still got a TV in our room and uh, long may it live because I don't know what I'm going to do on the Sunday when I'm laying on the sofa. Um, but I think I think what we realise now and what advertisers realise now is that there is, you know, it, there's dual screen. You know, is that I can sit there, I've got the TV, I've got my smartphone, I've got, you know, on the Sunday, I've got my Sunday Times that I'm reading as well, because I still prefer to buy the actual newspaper because I enjoy the magazine. Um, and that's a, that's a whole lot of challenge. There's quite a lot of media going on just in, in, in our front rooms. 
And I guess, how did you get here? What was, what was your personal journey to... Yeah, to so my, my personal journey, I've been in marketing. So I've been a brand marketeer for the last 20, maybe-ish years, shall we say? Um, hence the grey hair. And um, so my, my journey has always been in a brand role. So before this role, I was a Reed Specialist Recruitment and I headed up their global marketing over there. Um, so I was there for nine years. I mean, and... Recruitment's fascinating because it's such a fast-paced business and so diverse as well. So whilst, yes, it's one brand, but actually you're looking after 30 different sectors and specialisms and, you know, a diverse set of people, both in the UK and then across the rest of the world. And what was the biggest sort of learning or radical change that you experienced when you got to the CMA? Yeah. Do you know what? I think probably there's two things, really. People perhaps ex- expect brand marketeers to have far, far more knowledge about, you know, the, the real intricacies of, of content. And I think when you're in a branded role, it's, it's really tough to know where to go next and what to do and who to work with next, because you are bombarded on a daily basis by people trying to sell you their services. So it's a real challenge to be able to know, A, do I need that service? And B, if I do, which provider do I really go for? And that's, I think, for me coming into the CMA, my role has really tried to help and guide brands. So brands who come to us because we we offer an intermediary service, brands who come to us, I think, you know, my strength is really having sat in their shoes to be able to understand and then also having worked with our members, people like yourself, I'm able just to just to sort of dig deep and provide more background to, to our members who are potentially going to be working with them. So I think it helps. I'm joining my hands together now, but I think it helps bring people together. So that's probably been my biggest, my biggest change. And how do you advise those? How do you advise brands and how do you advise agencies? Probably one of the, the main advisory tips that I give brands is just to be really clear about what it is that, that you want and and to be open with your agencies. So I think certainly with all of our members at the CMA, they become better partners if you can give them as much information as you possibly can. Because I think being content marketeers, they understand that there's more steps in the sales process. And so by that very nature, they are more inquisitive. And so they will dig deep and they will ask more questions of you as a brand. And the more you can relinquish and, and, and give, you know, give that information, then again, that's, that's where you create the perfect storm because the content agency understands the end goal as to where your business wants to get to. You know, it might only be a small campaign that you're working on, but they can really help you know, drive both that campaign, but also where you want to go as as a business. So the clarity of strategic vision across both parties, I think, is is definitely key. And how do you advise branding content agencies on the flip side of the coin, I guess? Um, Flip side, I think what, what I try and do there is just really try and delve into the people who are going to be talking to the individuals, you know, don't get too too hung up on some of the terminology. Try and meet the brands, you know, sort of at midpoint in terms of in terms of the terminology, and also understand how you know understand how risky that brand does or doesn't want to be. And sometimes, as an, an intermediary, that really gives me an opportunity to say, 
you know, be direct with a brand and say, do you want to be pushed? You know, is, you know, you, do you want this campaign to be edgy? Are you trying to push boundaries or actually are you trying to do something really well because you've got specific, you know, specific targets? In another way, I think timing is key. You know, everybody just wants a clear line of sight. And so if I can encourage the brand to be upfront and say, do you know what, if you want it in two weeks, say you want it in two weeks. And, you know, agencies and everybody else who's going to be working on it has a choice as to whether or not they can become involved. And so, you know, if you know where you are and there's clear ground rules before you start, then that's great. Also, I think I'm, you know, certainly working with people like yourself and understanding where our members' strengths and weaknesses lie. It's always really good to say, actually, you should really talk about this, you know, sort of highlight a case study that perhaps... Um, a member wouldn't necessarily automatically think of them like, well, yeah, but it's not in their sector. So yeah, but th- that's that's the whole point, kind of bring something new to their sector. So that's why we, you know, we encourage and we like to spend as much time with our with our members like we are today so that's that we can nice. we can understand we can understand, you know, what, really what you're excelling at. Every podcast, we like to play content marketing bingo because we're fun like that, giving you all the stats and facts you need around our monthly topic. So, eyes down for a full house. Content has long been used to deliver information about products and build a brand's reputation. Back in Dancing Queen 17, Buckle My Shoe 32, Benjamin Franklin issued Poor Richard's Almanac to promote his printing business. And in Coming of Age 18, Two Fat Ladies 88, Johnson & Johnson introduced a publication called Modern Methods of Antiseptic Wound Treatment for Doctors that Used Bandages. A few years later, in Goodbye Teens 1900, Michelin developed the Michelin Guide to help with auto maintenance, accommodation and other travel tips. Jump and Jive 35, thousand copies were distributed for free initially. But the phrase content marketing started to become common two little ducks 22 years ago after John F. Opadal led a roundtable for journalists at the American Society for Newspaper Editors. In the UK, the business of content marketing is now worth in excess of Man Alive £5 billion. According to Statista, content marketing revenue will exceed cup of tea $300 billion globally by 2019. What is a really, you know, best example of campaign that you've seen recently? Um, I, th- I think what's really interesting at the moment, it's not really one specific campaign, but I think, as I mentioned earlier, that that mirage between, you know, TV, your, you know, your handheld device, um, what's actually happening in terms of, you know, real live comms, as I like to call it, whether it's, you know, whether it's a sporting event, um, you know, whether it's something like the Olympics or actually if there's something happening within the retail space and you want to buy a new dress, you know, you can see it on the TV and then you have an app and it's there on your app and you can see, you know, what so-and-so and so-and-so wore. And so there's a real, I think we're in a really fascinating time where content, you know, written content, visual content, audio content are all sort of coming together. 
it'll be like you know perfect storm <laughs> and on that kind of basis where you know we read about the you know evolution of ai and content marketing automation should we just give up and go home now? <laughs> no, I don't think. No, I don't. No, I don't think we should because I think I, you know what I think with all of these technologies and we, you know, we we all thought when social media came along that we would none of us be sending emails ever again, but we saw that actually emails only increased. So no, I don't, I don't think that we all need to pack up our bags and 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 go home because I think. At the, you know, at the very heart of it is, is about human understanding. Good branded content is about good human understanding and what is driving somebody to make or, you know, make a purchase, investigate, you know, take a trip, buy a car, do any, do any of those things. And I think now as consumers, we're just far more inquisitive and we like our hands held and we don't want to be just preached to. It's like, well, I want to go on that holiday. Tell me why. Tell me where am I going to go? What should I wear? You know, you know, how should I get there? What are the things that I should see? All of those pieces really come to the fore. And in terms of all the kind of technological advances around content, what do you think people are going to find the most challenging? Ooh. You see, I, I still think, I'm not sure... That, that the tech part is, is going to be the most challenging. I, I think still the, the most difficult part and will remain, will remain so, I think, forever. Measurement and actually understanding and creating and agreeing objectives and, you know, what actually makes a successful campaign, I think that will always be a challenge for us because that measurement piece has to move as quickly as the as whatever technology is driving the engagement. I, I don't think it will be the technology that drives the challenge. I think it will be measuring, you know, measuring our success. And in terms of, you know, all those kind of content, wannabe content marketeers out there, mm -hmm. what do you see for as the, the best skills needed to be these people? Like, um, I guess now and maybe moving forward. Yeah, I think... I do think that to be a good content marketeer, you, you have to have that certain degree of nosiness, investigation, <laughs> um, you know, being able to delve in and, and to be responsive, actually. I think that's, that's, that's a key part. You know, if, if you're operating an always-on strategy, then how do you do that and how do you maintain that? I think, and not being afraid to try new things. I was having a really interesting discussion the other day um, and we were talking about actually we're probably as an industry really bad at talking about our failures. Whereas in other sectors, you know, science, science can't exist without failures because from that they then gain success and they talk about that. And they're very open. We tried this. It didn't work. Whereas for marketeers, we're still sort of quite, you know, we're still kind of quite reticent about talking about those things and saying I did that it didn't work so therefore I, I revised and I did this again mm -hmm. um, so I think that's you know having having the broad shoulders enough actually <laughs> being fearless is, is one of my catchphrases to be able to say you know let's try it if it doesn't work then you know we'll try something else so the a you know the standard a b tests all of those types of things um, I think are really what's important. 
Dare I ask what, what was the biggest failure of you? <laughs> no, I, don't, I led myself into that one, didn't I? What's my big, oh, what's my, what is my big, I mean, I have had, I've had, I've had several howlers um, along the way. Um, oh, I had a, I mean, I had a terrible one. Um, spelling mistakes are, I've always been one. So um, I, I, yeah, that still makes me rather hot in, in talking about that. So but you know, from that, I then revised you know something called second eyes that we that we used to run, which is nothing goes out unless something else somebody else has second eyed it. You know, it, it's it's one of those standard things. It's a very painful event when you print you know twenty thousand items and there's a spelling mistake in it. It's you know somewhat crucifying as a as a marketeer. But then you know you you, you learn and you you learn the hard way from that. Um, that's that that one. That's one that still kind of haunts me. <laughs> yeah. And I know, and you feel free to anonymise this. But what have you seen as one of the biggest mistakes that is happens out in the sort of content marketing industry? I think that the mistake that people constantly make actually is they th- they probably overthink things actually as opposed to just you know and I, as i say i i've been guilty of that in the past where you 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 stop thinking about actually what is it that are, that my consumer just really wants you know and and you get carried away with thinking yeah but that's really basic and i i couldn't possibly just deliver that but actually if that's what your consumer wants you know whoever that person is then that that isn't a bad thing um, and that can drive you, you know, fantastic success. It really can. Um, and, you know, it, it's like white bread. I mean, we can all have sourdough every day, but sometimes you just want a piece of regular toast, don't you? Yeah. And, and, and actually, that's fine. That's, that's what you want. And, and so I think overthinking things is, is always a danger because you, know, you can get carried away. And in terms of um, Britain as content marketers mm. versus the rest of Europe versus the world, mm. where, do, where do we stand, do you think? Do you know what? I think having, I mean, and certainly I've visited several of our European agencies and our, and our members. Everybody, everybody's goal is, is very similar. You know, they want to produce the best work that they can for their client. I don't think there's a, there's a league table, actually. The work that people are doing is, is drawn out of the best practice of understanding their consumers. What is the best advice that you've been given in your career and what you would share with others? Uh, well, the best advice that I had was when I worked um, for Levi's. Some, that was my first job. Uh, so it was very exciting. And my, my boss there, a gentleman called Roy Edmondson, um, who I'm connected with on LinkedIn, he's a fabulous guy, um, lives out in the States. And when I first joined, for those of you who are old enough to remember, um, it was Eddie Kidd who was walking in. It was the rise of the black gene. I'm completely aging myself here. <laughs> Anyway, but one of the things that Roy always told us was, let, you know, let's not forget these are just trousers that keep your legs warm. And I think that's, you know, that's the best thing. You know, let's, as I said, you know, don't get carried away. It is what it is. And just that ability to stand back and just, you know, just calm down, just look, review, 
don't run away, don't over-engineer, you know, it's their pants that keep your legs warm. That's it. <laughs> and on that note... <laughs> and on that note... <laughs> it's been so fun talking to you. You're Thank very you welcome. So it's great. Time. Thank you. Thank you, Carol. Thanks for listening. We hope you found this interesting, but if you have any questions or want to give us any feedback, feel free to contact us via the Archant Dialogue Twitter account with hashtag the dialogue with. Join us next time when I'll be speaking to Benji Vaughan from Community's app, Disciple Media.